Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. The fable goes that there was an eagle who fell out of its nest, a baby eagle, and a chicken farmer picked it up, brought it to his chicken farm, and there the eagle was raised as a chicken. And as it grew up, it acted like a chicken and strutted around like a chicken. It ate chicken feed like a chicken and by all intents and purposes seemed to be a chicken. A naturalist heard about this, said, there's an eagle that acts like a chicken and went to visit this chicken farm. And the chicken farmer was insistent that the eagle believed it was a chicken, acted like a chicken. That's how it always was going to be. There could be no possible changes or adjustments. The naturalist said, hmm, let me try something. And he picked the eagle up and said, you are an eagle. Stretch your wings and fly. But the eagle looked around at the chicken coop, his fellow chickens, everything was familiar, and he jumped down and kept pecking around at the chicken feed, which actually he wasn't very good at because he has talons instead of chicken feet and so on and so forth. The naturalist tried again the next day, and he took the eagle to the top of the farmhouse. And he said, You are an eagle. Stretch your wings and fly. But the eagle could see the chicken coop, all the familiar surroundings, the other chickens hunting for chicken feed, and he just hopped out of the guy's arms and walked around the roof and immediately looked for the quickest, safest way to get back to that chicken coop. The chicken farmer was chortling the whole time, taunting the naturalist. I told you it's a waste of time. He thinks he's a chicken. He's only going to be a chicken. It's never going to change. The naturalist said, let me try one more thing. And this time he took the eagle out to a mountaintop where he couldn't see the chicken coop anymore. He held the eagle and said, you are an eagle. Stretch your wings and fly. And of course, those mighty wings stretched and the eagle flew off, soaring through the air. Once it realized who it was, it knew exactly what to do. So that's a fable, a made-up story. As far as I know, it never actually happened. But it has great implication for you as you're answering these really important questions. Who are you? And what's your purpose in life? God tells you something very important today. In fact, verses 9 and 10 of 1 Peter chapter 2, some people think those are two of the most important verses in all of the New Testament. God clearly announces, you are, so be. And drink this in today as a wonderful mind adjustment, who you are, and so here is what you are to be your purpose in life. We'll read the verses here. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are 
a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Who are you? What incredible definitions from God's own mouth today. You are chosen. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't helter-skelter. God carefully selected you, chose you to be one of his people. It wasn't because you had a bunch of gold or success. It wasn't because you showed some potential for advancement. All you brought to the table was your sin. And God chose you to be someone who would believe in Jesus and have sins removed for eternity. You are royal. A prince, a princess. Royal bloodlines. Not because you have a crown that you wear everywhere and you rule over many lands, but because you rule over Satan, sin, death, and hell. They have no power over you. You are royal, God announces to you. You are a holy nation. You are holy. Perfect, spotless. You know what another word for holy is? That you might not have ever thought of you being, but you are, according to God's word. A saint. A saint, according to the Bible, is someone who is holy. It's not someone who has done so many good things in their life that they've balanced the scale of their own sinfulness and even have a few extra good things for people like us to tap into if we're accepted by them. No, a saint is not that. A saint is someone who believes in Jesus as their Savior and now they are holy in God's eyes because all their sin is removed and all of His holiness is coming back to you behind your name. God says, you are holy. You are a saint. Now, if I asked you today, hey, raise your hand if you're a sinner, I bet all of you would raise your hand. And I would say, okay, you're right. Me too. But if I also asked you, raise your hand if you're a saint, you believe in Jesus, you also can raise your hand. Every single one of you. We are saints on earth. Holy people in God's eyes. Fighting, still, the term is saints militant in theological circles. We still are tempted. We still fight our sinful nature. We're still battling Satan. In heaven, though, one day where we will be, we will be saints triumphant. Saints who are no longer battling sin and temptation. Either way, though, you can say, I am a saint. I am holy. 
right now. A saint militant now, a saint triumphant one day to come. You are God's special possession. Vicar gave a wonderful description of that with his children's message. The teddy bear to God. Wow, that's you. You can wake up every single day thinking about that. And then if you bump down to verse 10, once you were not a people, not tight with God, but now you are. Once you had not received mercy, you were on the outs with God in the crosshairs of His judgment over your sin, but now you have received mercy. The word mercy literally means you deserve punishment for your sins, but God shows mercy. He withholds the clobbering that you deserved as well as me. You are what? Chosen. Royal. Holy. God's special possession. His people. One who has received mercy. Don't fall into that chicken eagle thing. You know what I mean by that? This is who you are. An eagle, if you want to use that fable as an illustration. Don't let Satan lie to you like that chicken farmer and tell you that you're just a chicken. A lousy old chicken that pecks around for chicken feed and food is basically a walking plant because they're not that smart. And one day, every single chicken in the coop is going to have its head cut off and that's all there is to their purpose in life. And I have to say that Keaton over here is nodding and he's raising chickens right now actually for FFA. So everything I said is accurate. And I'm glad to know that. I should have checked with you before now about this, shouldn't I? Don't let Satan lie to you and tell you you're not chosen, royal, holy, God's special possession. Someone who has received mercy, not possible. Satan lies to us. He gets into our minds and hearts. And he tells us something terribly different. He tells us, you're abandoned. You're lost. You're hopeless. You're nothing special. And it's never going to change, is it? You're just stuck in the coop to walk around till one day you die. That is the lie. And you can expand on that and drill deeper into that lie as much as you want. But that's basically what Satan tells us because he leads us to define ourselves by our sin and by our efforts. It always goes nowhere. It will always be frustrating and in failure. But don't believe the lie. Instead, listen to God's Word. You are chosen, royal, holy, God's special possession, one who has received mercy from heaven's throne room. And do you know how it came about? Just imagine this teaching of Scripture, why why it's so powerful to think about. Jesus, remember what He said on the cross? One of the things He said was, My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me? Jesus was forsaken so that we could be chosen. God turned His back on Him so He could turn His face towards us and say, I want You. Jesus became nothing. He gave it all up so that we could be royal 
rich, heirs of heaven. Jesus was treated as a sinner, received no mercy when He was going to the cross so that we could be called holy, a saint, sinless, a recipient of mercy. Jesus was treated as God's enemy as He went to the cross so that we could be God's special possession. Salvation in Christ is free. We didn't pay for it, He did. But it wasn't cheap. And all those things Satan lies to us and tells us that we are when we're actually not. Abandoned, nothing special, an outcast. That was Jesus on the cross. But it was only for a time. And the work is finished. And now, in Christ, together with Him, God announces to you something totally different. Here's how you can ID yourself. You are chosen, royal, holy, God's special possession, someone who has received mercy. How it's always going to be. So what do we do? You are that, so be what? So do what? Well, let's see what the verses have to tell us here. Verse 9, the second half is, so that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Now some of you are like me, and because you were baptized as a baby and then raised around God's Word, you never know a time. You, you can't remember a time when you were in darkness. You don't know what life is like without Jesus. Even though you were in darkness when you were born, as far as you can remember, that changed because you were baptized and God's Word came into your life. But there's others of you who do know what that's like. You know what it's like to try to navigate your, your life through this world in darkness, apart from God, with the only option being, I guess I'm abandoned, I guess I'm an outcast, I guess I'm kicked to the curb, purpose in life, I guess is to pile up as much chicken feed as you can before you get your head cut off. I don't know. You know what that's like, how purposeless and frustrating and disappointing that is. Now you know different. You are Chosen, royal, holy, God's special possession, and you can declare His praises because you are no longer in darkness. You are in His light. You know who you are in Christ, and you know where you're going for all eternity. A saint militant now, a saint triumphant one day to come. Verse 11 also shares with us what we can be. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Being a saint militant means we're in not just a tussle, but a, a, a war. A war for the soul. And a big part of the war is, is earth my home or is heaven my home and I'm a stranger here? God tells you, be okay with, embrace, living as a foreigner and exile here. 
It's okay to say, I'm not going to wrap my life all around sprinting after as much money as possible, getting as much success as I can, acting as though this is my everything and this will make me feel good at night. It's okay to be a stranger at the inn around a world full of other people like that. Live as a stranger, a foreigner, and an exile as you abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. If you think of what happens if you believe the lie, you are a train wreck of a human being, an outcast in God's eyes, nothing special at all, only here for a while before I die, apart from God and getting more apart as the days go by. Now you're going to sprint to sinful desires to try to cope with that terrible present, past and future. But it only makes it worse. Fleshly desires which promise to help but then never do. Wage war against that as someone who is chosen, royal, holy, and God's special possession. Live such a good life among the pagans that though they say, what? You don't live for money? That's dumb. What? You're waiting for sex till you get married? That's stupid. What? You are, are going to go to church on Sunday and not sleep in and have fun? Oh, who would, in their right mind would do that, you weak Christian? Even though they, deep down they might be thinking, hmm, maybe that there's something to that that I should look into. God says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong and taunt you, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on Judgment Day. There's many stories, you know some of them, about people who started that way and then something happened and they noticed how a Christian handles this with peace and resilience through tears as compared to panic and paranoia. And they thought, there's something to that. I need to find out why they're not rattled like me. I need to find out what, what promises they're holding to, what their faith is, because I just... Uh, all I can see is paranoia and panic. Live such a good life, knowing who you are, so being one of God's people, that other people are intrigued and curious to learn more about our saving God and gracious Savior. What an opportunity we have in front of us each and every single day to define ourselves the way God does so then we can live our lives accordingly going forward. You are chosen, royal, holy, God's special possession, someone who has received mercy, a foreigner and exile here on planet Earth. I challenge you to wake up every day this week and define yourself that way. Can you do it? Don't define yourself by your own efforts and works, or whatever you just read on Facebook or the news. Define yourself that way. That's who you are. So then be someone who lives a life praising God for all He has given you. God bless you as you do that. As you clarify who you are so that you can be someone who lives for Him. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. 
Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.